1: in 7FM.
2: And tonight, no longer a wanted man. Charles will finally arrested and granted bail by the special prosecutor after he turned himself 14 days after he was declared a wanted man. Plus, pay us 30% of debt owed, or we may not get to the June 30th deadline to go off the national grid indefinitely. Uh, as it emerges, the government is yet to hold negotiation talks with the IPPs, contrary to earlier claims.
3: I think that the Finance Minister should set up, invite the IPPs, engage them and use the money that we approve for the Finance Minister. We approve $1 billion as part of the euro bond issuance in 2019.
2: Uh, we'll hear from the minority shortly as they question government on the whereabouts of a 1 billion euro bond approved for such payments uh, as it pushes for an immediate meeting between the government of Ghana and the IPPs to avert a doomsop situation. We've had
4: very, very productive discussions and they would not go off with all confidence. I would say ignore because because we do owe them so I would say ignore, but what I'll say is that the conversations are far advanced to avert something like this. And so I can say with all confidence that it won't come to that.
2: top story as always is brought to you by vodafone further together and tonight secretary to the dissolved inter-ministerial committee on illegal mining charles is no longer a wanted man according to the statement from the office of the special prosecutor he turned himself into the office and was immediately placed under arrest interviewed and subsequently released on bail his lawyer had earlier called the bluff of the office of the special prosecutor of the after the OSP secured a warrant uh, for his arrest earlier this month I want us to get more uh, details on the arrest of uh, Charles Bissu and his subsequent um, bail Uh, joining us now is uh, of course uh, our legal affairs correspondent uh, Josefa could who has details of this latest that we are learning of Uh, enjoy if you're with us the question as to uh, how Charles Bissou turned himself into the OSP has come up. Do we know the circumstances now? Blave, you can hear me, I'm asking the question as to the circumstances leading to his arrest. And now we're learning as well that he's been granted bail. Yes, and
5: so we understand that in the company of his lawyers, Uh, He showed up at the Office of the Special Prosecutor uh, almost towards midday today uh, in in connection with the publication that had gone round about the fact that he had been declared wanted. We know that subsequently his lawyers had headed to court and managed to secure a court order that barred any enforcement or effect uh, relying on their uh, uh, warrants to effect his arrest. But he was accompanied by his lawyers today to show up at the Office of the Special Prosecutor. It's not clear what had amounted to, uh, in terms of what influenced this this decision to show up. And we know that the issue of whether or not an arrest warrant has even been secured was always an issue. The OSP had made the point that they had not secured any such warrant. But lawyers for Mr. Bisi, when they made the application in court, had claimed that they had heard that such a warrant had been secured and they managed to get that 10-day court order uh, that's bad, any such one, from being implemented. But today they took the decision to show up in court. What we, well, we are not understanding at this stage is what may have accounted for that change in position because earlier they are giving us the indication that because of uh, the order they had obtained, they were not likely to show up at the office of the special prosecutor. It's important to put on record that there is one of the cases that Mr. Bisu has filed against the OSP that is coming up in court tomorrow. Uh, What we do not know is whether it is because of that case coming up that is what may have influenced their decision to show up at the Office of the Special Prosecutor today so that perhaps that issue may not be put before the court tomorrow. We do not know at this stage, blessed. But there's a statement from the Office of Special Prosecutor uh, that indicates, and I can just read portions of it, it says, at 11.45 GMT on 21st June 2023, the secretary to the dissolved interministerial Committee on Illegal Mining, Charles Komwo Onanabe Onwawonto Bisu turned himself in to the Office of Special Prosecutor. He was immediately placed under arrest, interviewed, and subsequently placed, released on bail.
2: And tonight we're also focusing on another developing story because uh, it concerns the energy sector and matters relating to Doom. So the Independent. Power producers IPPs are demanding government pays 30% of the debt owed its members or risk the national grid shutdown indefinitely after June 30. The latest threats comes in the wake of government's failure to commence payment negotiations with the IPPs. Currently, government owes the IPPs over 1.4 million US dollars, out of which a $2 billion total energy sector debt uh, is also uh, there. Now, a couple of of weeks ago, Managing Director of the Electricity Company of Ghana, Samuldubik Mahama, told Chort News' outfit as leading talks with the independent power producers to avoid what he termed a possible shutdown of the power plants. We've had
4: very, very productive discussions and they would not go off, with all confidence. I would say ignore, because we do owe them, so... I wouldn't say ignore, but what I will say is that the conversations are far advanced to avert something like this, mm-hmm. and so I can say with all confidence that it won't come to that. There are a few NDAs in place, but uh, let me give you a small hope. We are trying to find a way to make sure that the money expected of us to pay is reasonable and is within our reach. Because what IMF is saying that ring fence legacy debt, but you have to stay current if the 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 capa- those excess and idle capacity charges are still existent we cannot be current because we will still be punching above our, our our weight limit so we need to find a way with all of them at the table to agree on a on an amount or a tariff that holds this uh, cap- these uh, excess payments for a longer period of time and then we can consider it in a different form for them fairness everybody has a different way of how they set up the plant. Yeah. Some of them self financed, so they don't really have lenders that are disturbing them. Others have lenders that are disturbing them. As I said, everybody's problem is different.
2: Uh, and the IPPs, however, discount such negotiations have had uh, have been had with uh, government. Elik Plimapetok was the CEO of the chamber.
6: Honestly, there is no change in the position. Uh, we've not received any substantive payment uh, to sustain our operation or our pressing obligations that we need to fulfill through our stakeholders. So I can say we've not made any improvement in our efforts to have our arrears paid. Initially, we were told that the ECG is supposed to lead some negotiations with you to do some monthly payment uh, to defray the debt over time. Uh, has that negotiation started so far? No, we've not had any negotiation in that regard. None of the IPPs have been engaged in any conversation or discussion regarding that proposal. Besides, if they talk about monthly payment, you know, our bills have to be settled within a specific uh, time frame that we call a credit period. Usually, uh, we can say 40 to 45 days. So, We expect periodic payments as and when uh, revenues are collected to be disbursed. And we expect that by the end of those credit periods, the monthly bill or invoice will have been settled fully, but that is not the case. So I don't think it requires any new negotiation in that regard. Does that mean that you haven't heard anything officially from government since you put out that notice? Nothing officially from government, except for some interventions that uh, has been made by the world bank with the ministry of finance uh, what we heard unofficially was that the government says they do not have that money to pay so uh, i can say that that is the only feedback we heard unofficially
2: uh, and there's more to this because he says that they cannot guarantee whether the lights will be on after june 30.
6: no we've not received any notification any indication from him but what, it is, what is important to note here is that we cannot wait any longer for some of these rhetorics. We are in a, a very critical situation. So I think the earlier the better to save the situation. With all of this playing, will our lights be on after 30th June? Well, oh, definitely. If there is no remedial action, uh, I cannot guarantee light from 30th June.
2: Uh, and that very statement has got many experts worried about what the future holds, uh, given the fact that we're just about nine days away from that deadline. Um, joining us fortunately is uh, the CEO of the Chamber of the Independent Power Producers, Elikim Afetogbo, is joining us uh, here on Top Story. Uh, Elikim, thank you for spending some time with us. Has anything changed uh, ever since that last meeting with your board members?
6: Thank you very much, Blazad. Uh, nothing has changed uh, and our position remains the same.
2: Uh, and when you mean your position remains the same, June 30, don't you? Yes. Uh, wh- why are you not giving um, another chance or what some term as a second chance to government, at least wait for a few days beyond the June 30? Perhaps government is putting in place some arrangements to pay off the 30% uh, that you're asking for? You don't see the goodwill there?
6: You no, know, we have we, we have made a point uh, at the end of the first quarter that we are in a very critical situation, defaulting on our debt. We have received default notices. And we have made uh, individual calls on government and collective calls on government that, no, this thing will not help us. We do not have the kind of privileges that you have as a sovereign entity to go and beg for a debt negotiation or whatever. We are private entities. Defaulting on this debt would mean a cost to us. So we have stretched ourselves from that point to now. What, what, again, can we reconsider? You know, defaulting on debt is, uh, on, on our debt is something that you know about us lingered for some time now just because we did not
2: allow the system to work. So what, what more goodwill should we, should, should we expect? And even as we have this conversation, um, the influence, the capacity of the chamber has been called into question, um, given the fact that government could find a bypass uh, by independently uh, engaging the individual power producers. Uh, are you certain that this is a collective position and that um, all the IPPs... Will shut down June
6: 30. Maybe we could wait for a 30F to prove this point wrong or right. But all this, and let me let, let let me make it clear that we have real-time information among ourselves. So uh, we have been consistent, and government will testify to this from the time they they made uh, some proposal to us from the very beginning. We, we we have a collective
2: position it's not a, an individual position yeah i get that but but i'm asking the question because uh, of of what you told us that june 30 is the deadline are you saying that none of your members and by extension the uh, ipps individually in, in their separate groupings were not engaged um, as as of course we heard from the electricity company of ghana
6: We had our board meeting yesterday represented by all the IPPs and none of them mentioned any form of engagement because we heard of a a news story from JFM that was called and played before all of us and everyone denied any form of engagement. And we have all undertaken to stand by the cause, the collective cause of the chamber.
2: Uh, and when you say you've not been engaged, uh, is that to suggest that not even in writing, at least if if no meeting happened, uh, do, do you find government committing to pay up these areas that you're talking nothing about?
6: Nothing in writing and nothing oral. Uh,
2: at least we, we have a sense of what may happen if indeed government decides to pay, and that will require at least an audit. Uh, the concern has been raised by the World Bank. and we know that it will be part of the IMF conditionalities. Uh, if that happens, the June 30 may further delay. And um, If government commits to paying except for the audit process to start off, are you willing to go beyond at least June 30 you know, to allow due diligence?
6: Audit is a normal business activity. I indicated some time past that we have regular audits of our bills, invoices, on monthly basis. And also, it's good to note that we are in a continuous business. Even if there is any discrepancy, it can always be rectified going forward. So, to say because of audit, I'm sorry, uh, we don't have that luxury of time to wait for that.
2: Uh, and, and you've been called um, unfair by some, especially those who lean towards government side, um, over the fact that, um, in fact, the deal and the nature of the deals that you've signed with the Republic of Ghana uh, appears to be taking the form of a take-or-pay arrangement. You enjoyed in the past, quote-unquote, if, uh, of course, at the time when government was giving out um, the, the, the funding, pay the contract terms. So if that's not forthcoming now, why not at least be patient, make room um, for some of the losses, knowing that you've you've benefited in the parts through the take-or-pay arrangements?
6: <laughs> I, I would not accept the word benefited. Uh, it appears the government or, let me say, communicators have misled the public into bedeviling the kind of contracts that we have. Uh, maybe at the appropriate time we could have a public lecture on what at all the take-or-pay is, and whether it is originating from our country, Ghana, or is something that is a standard practice. Many have misinterpreted this. At some point in time, you heard them talking about excess capacity payment, another time, they are talking about something else. So, you don't really know which of them they are talking about.
2: And so, for those who do not even have a sense, technically speaking, of uh, the way to carry us, the independent power producers, and your decision to go off the national grid, what it implies for this nation. Uh, are you able to give us a sense of what may happen if you all, given that worst-case scenario, decide to shut down on June 30?
6: Well, uh, we know the impact, definitely, as individual consumers. We may not have power to uh do our activities at home, definitely industries will have to also shut down due to energy create power the power the their plants or whatever uh we, we we know the challenges we are aware of the <laughs>
2: the consequences so uh, I, I don't know yeah it's, but, but it's, i'm asking in practical terms available. what what fraction um of the generation capacity do you control I didn't get that clear. I'm asking about the fraction of the generational capacity, uh, generation capacity you control, and what what is likely to happen if you if you go off. Okay,
6: when we talk about uh, fraction of generation, it depends on uh, what we are looking at. If we talk about install capacity, you know, uh, currently we have about four thousand eight hundred and thirty-two as install capacity. Out of that, the IPPs control about 44 percent, and the government controlling about 50. SOEs is here controlling about 56 percent. But when it comes to dependability and availability, the IPPs are controlling over 66 percent of the so of the available and dependable capacity.
2: I see. Uh, and, uh, of course, uh, we we'll wait to see if government will engage you in the coming days. Um, l- l- let's uh, hope for, for the best. That's all we can say. Thank you, uh, Elip Limapetogbo, CEO for the Chamber of uh, Independent Power Producers. Um, uh, let's hear from John Ginappo. he He's on the Energy Committee. In fact, he's ranking on the Mines and Energy Committee in Parliament. And uh, Thank you uh, for joining us. Uh, these monies were approved by Parliament. Um are you surprised as to as to how come we're still here and that the funds have not been released?
3: The truth is this on the government is being dishonest. Government is shifting the poll, blaming previous administration, even eight years into almost eight years into the administration. First of all, they themselves set up what they call the NAS recovery program. In twenty nineteen. They were specific. If you read the document this year. That program was supposed to come to an end. The year is ending. And yet, they have achieved virtually nothing. In addition to that, the Minister of Finance came to Parliament in that year, 2019, and requested for $1 billion in order to achieve this objective. We approved that money for the Minister of Finance. He got the money from the Eurobond and they supplied the money. He did not apply that money. To the intended purpose and for the purpose which he came to Parliament also the losses in the energy sector has been increasing It's increased from about 22 percent currently to over 30 percent finally the exchange rate alone has almost doubled so if you needed like 6.5 CD to pay the equivalent of $1 to the IPPS today you need about 12 CD So it throws everything off gear. And I think that government and its officials ought to be sincere and ought to be honest with the people of Ghana and engage the IPPs in good faith. That's the only solution.
2: Uh, The the calls for an audit, the fact that uh, due diligence may not have been done in the past. And you in the minority have raised concerns about that terminology uh, by the World Bank country rep. But, But it has to happen if payment will be released this time, isn't it? Certainly,
3: certainly. I thought the World Bank Country director would have been interested in finding out where the $1 billion went Because as we stand, we don't know where the money went to. They we haven't paid the IPPs, and the money cannot be accounted for. Also, I thought that we'd we'll be interested in the losses. Because at least, if you can't do anything, reduce the losses, ensure that there's efficiency. So that even if there's any other gap, all of us can discuss how to deal with that. But when you box everything together... And all you say is take or pay, take or pay. When you yourself, you are signing take or pay contracts, you lose focus and we lose the essence of the debate. And that way, we wouldn't find any solution. So I think the government ought to be sincere with the people of Ghana. You've spent so much money on the energy sector recovery program, and yet there's nothing to show for it. Because that program should be ending this year. If you read the full document, it's
2: ending this year. And yet there's nothing inside. Okay. Uh, And finally, what's the greatest fear of the minority? First of all, our greatest fear is that
3: government keeps shifting the pole. That is one. Two, government appears not to be ready to tackle the core issue. And so my fear is that eventually we might get to a situation where all these IPPs were shut down. And when they shut down, we're going to have a massive, massive load shedding. And not just load shedding. Some of them have started calling on the guarantees. For instance, I know AXA called on the guarantee. I know Car Power is threatening to call on the guarantee. I know that the EMI project, the OTTV project, they was a call on the World Bank guarantee itself. When you do that, it has international ramifications. It means that Ghana would no longer be considered as credit-worthy. Nobody would want to do business with Ghana because even the sovereign itself has defaulted, and the World Bank's guarantee itself is being called upon. It has serious, serious ramifications. So governments should stop the long talk and the excess talk, sit around the table if it means engaging all of us. Let us do that and find a lasting solution to this
2: challenge. Mm. Uh, grateful uh, for your company. That's uh, the ranking on the Minds and Energy Committee, John Jinapo. but uh, I guess that's not what we want. How do we avert this? Ishmael Jakumhini Hine is uh, an energy aspect, joining the conversations. I, I'm, uh, I'm sure that you've been listening, first of all, uh, to Ali Klimapetogwa, and now the fear of the minority that uh, this may lead to a mega load shedding. What are the implications and how do we affect this?
7: Well, good evening. Unfortunately, uh, very late
2: the uh, conversation.
7: But um, basically, the implications are that if, if the IPPs are not producing, the publicly owned generators are not yeah, So the BRA don't have enough capacity to meet our demand. So, yes, yeah, the generation. And that would be the, that's the implication enough our bodies. So the IPPs are very, good. so it's important that them, they keep them in the app. So that's the implication, but I don't, I, I don't think that they will allow that to happen. I and mean, only last week we heard them telling everybody that they, they we're not going to do it. But if we don't pay them and they, they carry that uh, they are back them so because we don't have generation capacity on our I mean uh what they have, assuming all of them running, we still wouldn't meet up. So I, I believe that some some agreement will be entered for the end of mm. And I, I don't think
2: they were allowed. All right. Uh, g- grateful uh, that you've been able to spend uh, some time with us. Uh, that Ishmael Jacobhini is Shmel, uh, Jacob He's an energy uh, analyst. Uh, wrapping up top story here on Joy ninety nine point seven FM. Next, this news night time. Bless us again. Thanks for listening.
1: Tax day is coming. Oh no.